I hear them, but yeah, I don't. There we are. Yeah, look at Hi. that. It does work nicely. How you doing? How are you guys doing? Oh, we're fine. How are you? I'm I'm good. I have just been hanging out with buddies all day virtually. Uh yeah. still obviously quarantining. Yeah. I saw that you had the Laparca mask behind uh, and I figured I would I would drum up the one that my mom got from me in Mexico. Oh, see uh, that's even but yeah. I've got this one back sitting beside. Oh, yes, he is uh my favorite luchador uh Laparca and uh yours from Mexico is way better than mine from some website that actually delivered it for once. Uh, that is only from a distance. I'm sure if you looked at it up close, you could spot <laughs> countless imperfections and issues with it. I know I can. So yeah, uh, and I I dressed up one year as La Parca for uh, Halloween, um, because I thought it fit. Man, I'm the standing streamer. Uh, I don't sit. I could go as La Parca, carry a metal chair around. Uh, my yeah. kids thought it was funny. So good times. I'm all sweating all of a sudden. Uh, I was just talking to Vanessa. Vanessa's here as well. Um, you're, I'm like half your age. Like you're 20, 21? 23. You're 23, 23. now. Okay, yeah. so my bad. So some when I was doing some of my research today, uh, I was listening to you at the time. You were 21 slash 22, so you're 23. So I'm a little less. Uh, I just turned 41, uh, but I am young at heart, and wrestling will definitely do that to you. Uh, at, least, <laughs> yeah. at least watching it. Uh, I... I didn't get in the ring. Uh, I was just like, wow, that's, it's so amazing to me that someone, um, because listening to you, listening to, I listened to, uh, Holden Albright's podcast, Brendan's podcast and another one, but listening to you talk about wrestling, you don't sound, uh, young, uh, as a young wrestling fan. Um, um, yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. Uh, were you all, did you grow up a wrestling fan? Was it in your house at the time? Was it on the TV? So I, a lot of people get after me because I tell them my age and then I tell them I'm a wrestling fan and they ask me about uh, Ruthless Aggression Era because they expected that's what I was watching when I was a kid. Yeah. I was like, that is the one era that I did not watch as it happened. I had to sort of go and retroactively watch it. Um, I watched a lot when I was like three years old. Mm. So like 2000, uh, 2001, um, I watched a lot then with my dad. And then I took a, I took like a long hiatus because for the longest time I was playing baseball. So mm. Monday nights were practices. So I was not watching. Yeah. Um, and I'd catch something every now and again. Uh, I believe in Canada at the time it was on spike. Uh, did raw replays so i would catch something every now and again maybe an hour here or there uh really loved the the only person from that era that i remember watching and really liking was tajiri i love tajiri still do to this day it was an honor meeting him uh last year and then it was watching essentially from chris jericho's first return where it was like the whole code breaker thing onward i've been watching since Nice. Um, you mentioned your dad there. Um, now correct me if I'm wrong. Your, your, your dad is from Trinidad. 
Yes, my dad was born in Trinidad, uh, moved here when he was in his early 20s. Okay. Uh, he tells me all the time about uh, he used to watch wrestling down there in person yeah. when, like, Carlos Colon was, yeah. was touring the area. That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, he, uh, the Carlos Colon reference, uh, your dad watching it there, and then and then passing it on to yourself. Um, um, and I didn't watch the Ruthless Aggression Era either, but uh, – I didn't enjoy it, but um. So you played baseball. You're athletic, obviously. Uh, did you play any other sports? Um, growing up. So as a kid, I played soccer, like Ooh. young kid, like four or five years old. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because my family has always been a soccer family. My dad coaches soccer. My older brother played. My younger brother still plays at a very high level. Nice. Uh, so I played that for a few years. Decided it wasn't for me because. Uh, as my parents like to joke about, I was not a fan of team glory. <laughs> I was sort of an individual glory type of person. So tried baseball after that, did baseball for about seven years. And then as soon as I hit uh, 16, I started training wrestling. Oh, nice. Um, when I, cause I have you down here as a late bloomer, you went from 5'3 to 6'2. Where was that? What age were you when you did that? So in between grade 10 and grade 11 so that'd be 15 okay. and 16. mid uh, like mid 16 getting into 17 uh yeah five three to six two in the span of just over a year oh man jeez, i'd kill the and it's funny because my younger brother right now is doing the exact same thing my younger brother is 16 years old and he is five eleven. oh wow nice um so okay, so you said uh, around around sixteen you started uh, getting into wrestling, training wrestling. Uh, where wait, what what was? Let me see. How do I want to phrase this without sounding so cliche as most podcasts? Uh, when did you realize you wanted to be the showstopper? When did you want to do what you saw? Um. It's weird because I, I mentioned this with uh, with Holden and he gave me crap for it. Um, it was – so the decision to, that I wanted to be a wrestler was always there. I always said that I wanted to do it, um, that I would love to give it a shot. Um, but the actual decision to start doing it was – I was like probably 15 and a half and I was researching um, older wrestling that I hadn't seen – and I got to 2008, well, I guess 2008, uh, ECW. I got to the, the WWE revival of ECW. Okay. And I was watching John Morrison. And I, for some reason, identified very strongly with John Morrison. And I was like, I want to be that. I want to be very, like, I, I want to have more character to it as opposed to just being, like, you know, black tights, black knee pads, black boots, wrestler. Uh, I wanted to be very showy. I, I love the fact that his gear had fur, stuff like that. And that was when I decided that I wanted to try and pursue it. My mindset at the time was, I'm not going to be able to do this unless I go to the States because yeah. I can't go to Calgary. Um, and the States was the only other place that I knew, you know, going to New York or going to... Uh, Pennsylvania I'd heard about the schools down there in Georgia but then I saw uh, I, I looked it up I looked up wrestling schools in Canada and I saw that Rob Fuego had a school called Squared Circle Training in Toronto 
so I went there, um, you know, it very funny story about how I first got there. So anybody who knows anything about Toronto knows that Jane and Finch is not the best area. It's never had the best reputation. Um, and I, this is before phones had good yeah. data and stuff like that. Uh, at least my phone. I tried to map quest it, failed miserably, uh, ended up at Jane and Finch and had to walk uh, probably about two or three kilometers to the school, ended up like half an hour late for the first practice, just went in with, um, spoke to Rob Fuego and uh, Jordan Marquez, who I think now runs Lucha TO. Yeah. And they said, yeah, you can watch, you know, when your parents come by, sign the waiver, all that stuff. And then you can compete, you, you know, you can, you can practice and hopefully eventually compete if this is for you. So I started training there, trained there for a bit on and off, because when you're an irresponsible 16-year-old, your funds aren't always adequate. Exactly. Uh, and then they closed down as a school and Battle Arts had opened at the time that I transferred to there. And I've been there since. Um, I, I just want to jump back because you said something uh, that intrigued me. Uh, you... It, you were researching, like you were going back and researching old wrestling. Like you went back to the first ECW reboot and other <laughs> stuff. What was it about wrestling? Because this is before you even decided to go train. What was it about yeah. wrestling that made you want to go back and watch more, go back and learn more and study more? What was it? Well, it, studying is and researching is sort of, um, it's sort of the wrong term because I wasn't okay. watching it with like a critical eye going, oh, what are the workers doing? How do I emulate that? What are they doing good? What are they doing bad? Because I had no clue. So uh, me going back was more just like, I think I think the catalyst was me seeing CM Punk doing something and going, wait a second. Yeah. Where, like, I want to see more of him. So I looked up CM Punk stuff and I've seen the ROH stuff and I, I, back then, I did not appreciate any wrestling that didn't have top-tier production value because when you're raised on WWE, that's what you tend to right. uh, gravitate yeah. towards. So I ended up going back and watching CM Punk stuff from that era in WWE, CW, and then through extension, ended up finding it. Was, it really came of a desire to learn more about a specific wrestler. Uh, and see more of their work because you really like the way they wrestle. It's just like I do that now with Tajiri. Yeah. Like I'll go back and watch Tajiri matches from countless promotions just because I really like him. I'll do the same thing with, you know, Michaels and uh, Shinsuke, people like that. Um, and I think that's what you and uh, Brennan were talking about. You you have a you have a type. Uh, you have yeah, a, I do. <laughs> you, you definitely have a type of, of wrestler that you prefer. And I think it fits uh, your character. We'll, we'll get to this uh, this promo that Vanessa sent me uh, at the start of the show. Um, so, so you go to to Battle Arts Academy uh, with uh, Anthony Corelli. Hopefully, I get that right. Uh, the last name right. Anthony Corelli. For those that don't know, uh, is Santino um, from the WWE. Um, What's your what? What resonates most from from your time there? What'd you take away? What's it like? Just elaborate on that a little bit. So, I love Battle Arts. Uh, I love the people there. I think that one of the best things about Battle Arts is we are learning stuff that most other places won't teach you. So, everywhere has something different to offer. 
like every single school has something different to offer, whether it's different connections, whether it's different styles of learning, whether it's different heavy focuses. Like I was told that there are certain schools, you know, that focus a lot more on promos where it's like every week you'll have, right. you'll have a promo done or something like that. Uh, they focus a lot more on TV production, whatever it is. Everywhere has something different to focus on. I think the great thing about Battle Arts is that not only do we have pro wrestling in the building, we also have boxing, Muay Thai, Judo, and freestyle wrestling. Interesting. So we learn a lot of the a lot of the core skills that can then be transferred into uh, professional wrestling. When I was first there, we trained with Yuki Ishikawa, the original founder of Battle Arts in Japan. And the amount of catch wrestling and submission wrestling he taught us is absurd. Like there are people at battle arts, you know, people like people, guys like Runyon, um, like James Runyon, uh, Andrew McRae, guys like that, who will wrestle circles around most people uh, because they learn that traditional style. They learn that catch wrestling style we have guys who have gone on to compete in other disciplines and win medals, like Randy Bino, who won boxing tournaments. We have guys like Matt Black, who's our current yeah. Battle Arts Academy, uh, a Battle Arts Heavyweight Champion, and he has uh, he's competed in judo tournaments and done very well. Things like that. Just so everybody has, everybody's able to learn something else other than just pro wrestling in in our home, and we are able to connect that to pro wrestling in a unique way which i think adds a lot to the way that we perform and the way that we wrestle and i think that has a lot to do uh correct me if i'm wrong with with anthony's style of 100 percent. yeah with with teaching the way he looks at things um as far as the school goes we talked to dr tom pritchard on here not too long ago and he was saying he was talking about his time in nxt or fcw at the time um, and, and doing his school now, and he referenced, like, maybe on Monday we want to focus on this, and then Tuesday this, but if we're not if we're not picking up the promo stuff on Monday like I wanted to do, maybe we'll push that off another day, we'll adjust, we'll tweak things, we'll do something different today. Today we're going to do, I don't, I don't know what else you do, take bump, take bump day, whatever you want to call it. What's the schedule like? What's the what's the routine like? Is it is it strict? Is it is it free form? Uh, how would you describe it at Battle Arts? So it's it's a little bit more free form now. Okay. Um, we do tend to get you know our little edict of this is what we're focusing on this week. Okay. Uh, be prepared to focus on X Y Z. Um, but it is it is very free form because if you know class sizes aren't always consistent. People have jobs. People got to go do other stuff. So if we have a smaller class, we can focus on more stuff, uh, more stuff that is outside of the planned curriculum, so to speak, for that day. If we have a larger class, uh, especially if that larger class has a lot of the newer people, we may split the class where the newer people are learning one thing uh, because they're not ready for the second thing. There's it, it's, it's free form in that sense, yeah. but it is there is still a, a guideline and a baseline. Um, we're going to see how things get when, because right now my area, uh, Vanessa's area as well, uh, we're on a pretty strict quarantine. Gyms can't be open. So when we are able to reopen, we are going to have a little bit different, uh, 
of a training curriculum because we've got uh, some new some new trainers coming in and we've got uh new plans apparently according to uh <laughs> according to the powers that be so to speak so i'm very much looking forward to it um and that's that's exciting times and and the worst thing is about this new this new it's not a new lockdown but being locked down in quarantine again which is gonna suck is you guys were just coming out of it and now you gotta go back in and it, it was hurting a lot of the independent scene and um it just it sucks i guess it's the best word for it uh but anyways, uh, Culture King, Sway Archer, uh, for those people in the chat tonight that don't know who you are, they never heard of you, they never seen anything that you've done or on YouTube, anyone like that, uh, why don't you let us know a little bit about Sway Archer? There's there's a lot to know. I'm not one of those people yeah. who, who says, oh, I'm a simple person. There's not a lot to know. That is not me. I am very very intricate there is far too much for me to explain in a short two-minute blurb <laughs> but i will try and summarize yeah so essentially the name culture king for one yeah. came from me wanting to be a champion for a sort of underrepresented view okay in wrestling we get a lot of people who sort of scratch the surface of, of the culture and, and scratch the surface of what uh, it means to be cultured. Uh, usually when you hear cultured, uh, it's a lot of people who think they're opulent, who think that they are luxurious, who think that they have a grasp on the finer things in life. But I wanted to take the concept of the finer things in life being linked to a lot of British, uh, European culture, and sort of flip that on its head. Okay. So, yes, I like fancy clothes, fancy food. I like music. You know, I, I like good music, all, all that sort of stuff. But it's not, my fancy clothes are not, you know, Italian suits and European stuff that you never heard about. My fancy clothes is a $400 OVO sweatsuit. My fancy clothes is a $500 bake jacket. Because you can still have luxury and opulence without falling into Eurocentric standards. So that's how I viewed uh, my culture. And I wanted to champion that. And I found that culture champion just sounded kind of stupid. So we went with King uh, yeah. because I'm trying to be as best I can. And I personally think I am the King of my culture. Excellent. Um, we just had someone in the in the chat that says you uh you speak extremely well. You have such a good voice. Uh they compared you to Damian Priest in NXT. Uh I I I have that same uh vibe. Uh when when you're talking, I just want I just want to listen. And uh I think we I think we need more of that in life in general. It's people listening. Uh but yeah, great stuff. So we talked about a type of wrestler that you enjoy uh oh, sorry the, can i can i just quickly add something to yeah, that just ahead. to respond to that Burr. twitch comment yeah. um with what you said as well in regards to having people where you want to listen i think we need more people that say things that are worthy of listening okay. to yes 
because we have a lot of people who talk for minutes on end and essentially say nothing. And we also have a lot of people who like to lie about who they are, what they are, and what they stand for. Yes. We, we've had a lot of that coming out this year where people, people's true selves were shown. I, I won't get too into that, but I think it's, it's incredibly honest to be important to, to be, to be honest with yourself, with other people, and especially with your fans. And that is one thing that I strive to do. I strive to be honest. One of the most, and, and even if it's contentious, even if it bothers people, even if people don't like uh, what I have to say, because at the end of the day, as, as cliche as that is in wrestling, at the end of the day, <laughs> honesty is the most important thing. Honesty and integrity. One of the most contentious things that I say all the time, and Vanessa may agree with me here, you may not because you're American, is American wrestlers are lucky that the borders are not open to Canadians to come down and wrestle. I'm learning that. Amen. I'm learning that because sure. we would wipe the floor with the overwhelming majority of American wrestlers. I have no quims about saying that the talent that we have up here is unreal. And the fact that guys like speedball, Mike Bailey were not able to go down to the U S was a uh. blessing to lower level wrestlers in the U S because they cannot compete with guys like Bailey with guys like Tarek, with guys like Josh Alexander, you know, now he's signed to Impact, he can go down. Yeah, yeah Tarek, Mark Wheeler, Holden Albright, guys like that. Tyson Dukes. Tyson, Tyson Dukes. Ty, I Sometimes I forget about Tyson Dukes because Tyson Dukes is just, he's such a given. He should be everywhere. Yeah. He is one of the best wrestlers I have ever seen, and he should be everywhere. And the fact that he's not allowed to is a travesty. But people in the U.S. who... Uh, cherish their spots should pray to their god that the borders never open for us in that way uh i definitely stand... so I sorry can i just have yeah. you ever done like a seminar with tyson dukes or anything at his school i haven't had the opportunity to i've trained with people who have trained with him and i've studied his matches religiously at times especially his uh his one from the cruiserweight classic i, I watch the cruiserweight classic probably like once a month in its entirety <laughs> because there's just too much good there to not be valued. Um, but as soon as this is done, I'm trying to go to every seminar I can. I've already spoken with Holden. I'm like, hey, so we're carpooling a lot, right? <laughs> so I'm trying to get that in the works. Nice. Uh, and he's he he has his YouTube channel now, right, Vanessa, where he does a lot of uh, 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 like yes, the hammerlock. Yes, the hammerlock. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah. We had Tyson on here, and we've had uh, a lot of other Canadian uh, talent, and it, I, I'm overwhelmed uh, at the the talent level up there, and just the amount. It's like a plethora. It's so rich in wrestling. Like growing up, to me, uh, it was just the Hearts uh, and Jericho were up in Canada, and that was it. Yeah. And and uh, man, was I was, was I wrong? Because you know, it's just a lot of you guys. And uh... many people are. I think that even just because I don't know a lot about the um, I don't know a lot about uh, out west in the Calgary 
uh, well, the prairies in general, and then the British Columbia scene. I know a few of the guys out from the Maritimes, and the few guys I do know from the Maritimes are wicked. Like, Marcus Burke is insane as a personality, as a wrestler, everything. Um, and then, But even just if you look at the concentration in southern Ontario, where there are guys like RJ City, yeah. who I put RJ City as a personality on Twitter, in person, everything, uh, in a match, over anybody I can think of. Yeah. He is... Like and, and that's it's it's biased because I know I know him personally and he's also given me opportunities that I probably wasn't ready for. Um, he is brilliant. Yeah, he's great. in every sense of the word. Yeah, he 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 is great in every sense of the word. Uh, and buried me live on the show. I think that was one of the first things he said to me was he buried me on the show and and my face. He, <laughs> that sounds like him. He buried my face basically. <laughs> oh did. man great yeah that sounds like him um I, where was I? oh I, so your style so your type of wrestler uh you mentioned uh you know, shinsuke hbk you talked about punk uh does that resonate with the, your in-ring style like does that can you see it in that i would link uh, closest i would link shinsuke um Dolph Ziggler. Okay. This is not me putting myself on that level. Yeah. Uh, but Shinsuke, Dolph Ziggler, Shawn Michaels, and John Morrison would be probably like my four that I try to emulate most. Um, with a honorable mention to Aleister Black. Yeah. Because I do incorporate a lot of kicks. I am not – I pray one day that I am as good as he is at kicking people's head off. Yeah. But – I've always liked the showboating aspect of stuff. I've always liked the very flamboyant, the very charismatic side of things. But I've also always liked um, pe- people just booting people in the head, and you know, good use of good use of kicks, good use of knees, and that is what I see encapsulated in that set of people. Yeah. So I, I identify with that. Awesome. Um. Uh, Bam and Dave in the chat says those are good legends to study. Do you go back being so young and and uh, do you go back and and watch the network or or go on YouTube and and fall in that vortex and and study old school wrestling? And if so, who? Definitely. I fall so I study a lot of Japanese wrestling. Okay. In terms of old school, I study. Well, it also depends on what your definition of old school is. If you're talking like '80s, mm-hmm. uh, I tend to study more character beats from the '80s. I study Ric Flair as a character yeah. religiously. Uh, Jake the Snake. I study a lot of his promos and character work. Um, in regards to Japan, I tend to look more to the early 2000s. So I look at early Shinsuke. Yeah. I look at Shibata. I look at Tanahashi. I look at a lot of the sort of early to mid 2000s in regards to Japanese wrestling. Uh, And then I just try and I try and look at specific matches that are uh, that are held in high regard. And then every now and again, Runyon will throw me like a hidden gem where he's like, not a lot of people watch this match, watch this match. It's great. Um, So I I tend to watch those. Uh, And then obviously the classics that people revere as their favorite match that I've watched countless times, you know, Ray and Eddie at Halloween Havoc. Oh. Um, 
yeah. Steamboat and Savage. Yeah. Ones like that where they're all-time classics, but every time you watch them, you notice something different. Yeah. I so I, I like watching I like watching those. And then also when I want to brush up on specific things, I will watch the people who are good at those specific things. Like I'll watch I'll watch early Bret Hart, I'll watch early Shawn Michaels, I'll watch early Rick Rude if I want to see what good comeuppance looks like. Yeah. So I, I watch I, I'm very targeted with my watching where it's like I'm doing tape study, but I'm not just doing overall tape study it's like no i'm doing tape study on a specific theme and i will watch three matches that encapsulate that theme really well wow that is that is intense uh i can get that though i like i i got i got this for christmas this is a book from the history of wrestling called the raw files Ah. which is every single match from the year i was born 1997 reviewed uh and given a star rating not like a melter star it's not melter um it's a it's a panel of four guys and they just review every single match and segment that happened in 1997. I think they have one of these for every year of the 90s that Raw was around. Wow, so, the Raw Files? Like, I love, I love, yeah, it's called The Raw Files. If you look up historyofwrestling.info, The Raw Files, you'll find it. Awesome. Uh, and that reminds me, let me let me hit my little uh, plug button to plug your stuff, your Twitter, your Instagram, your pro wrestling tees, all that fun stuff. I, I want to make sure I get that in the chat. Um. I had a question about, oh yeah. So you said, uh, like if you're going old school back to the eighties, you're taking away character stuff, which I think is smart character and promo work. Uh, and then in ring stuff, uh, two, two thousands, uh, you know, Japan, man, great stuff, man. You definitely, uh, pick from the right, the right, uh, Bob in the chat says, damn, this dude is smart about his studies. I appreciate the hell out of that. Bob is our, uh, retro guy. Um, he does. He he's he's yeah, a student of the game is what uh Dave just said. Great great stuff. Um in the lockdown, unfortunately this lockdown's gonna suck. Uh yeah. And as as to say it has it already. It has thoroughly. It's yeah. terrible. I miss my gym. Yeah. Um I bet. I, I mean I, I don't even know how to relate to that. Uh but okay, so let's say the phone rings right now. Let's say where you are the phone rings. It's one promotion. One promotion. What promotion do you hope it is? I'm hoping for WWE without question. Yeah. I think – oh, God. This is another thing I say that, that comes off as rather contentious. I think there is a whole lot of people who in public okay. will go, oh, I don't like WWE. I, I – I'd rather not sign to WWE, but at the end of the day, if they called, they would cry <laughs> and call their mother next. Yeah, right. Um, you you will never lose that part of your childhood. I bet, yeah. Ever. Yeah. I, there are countless things that any promotion does that I disagree with, but at the end of the day, I have only ever wanted to do this for a living. I've never wanted to just do this just to... Uh, let, me, let, me, let me make a few dollars here and there. No, I wanted to do this for a living because I have told myself since I can remember that I probably wouldn't be happy doing anything else. Yeah. So everything I've ever done since I was able to make my own decisions has revolved around wrestling. I went to school for radio broadcasting because I said, if God forbid there's a tragic injury, I want to have the background to be able to do commentary. Yeah. Well, you got during quarantine, 
I learned how to sew so that I could do freelance work to get closer to this business. Yeah. Yeah. You do your own gear, right? I, yeah. I've, I've now started making my own gear. I've got two of them here. Uh, this one I made, I made super recently. Okay. Uh, this Look one I made I, this week. And then this one up here, I made a few weeks back, a few months back, actually. So for me, yeah, like this is all I've ever wanted to do. And if WWE can get me there and get me security and get me onto a world stage, then I'm going to take that opportunity. That I'm also not one of those idiots who is only WWE. Okay. That's stupid. Yeah. There are countless people who have forged a path through other promotions. AJ Styles is one of, if not the best wrestler in the world, yeah. and he had a decade and a half before WWE. You'd be foolish to not take your chances to go anywhere else. Yeah. So I'm, you know, as uh, as as cliche as it sounds, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. I want I want to be here. I'm going to keep striving for more but I will take what I can and slowly claw my way up. I, I, I've got good vibes. I had good feeling. Good, good feeling. Uh, you did mention the cruiserweight classic. You and then brought up WWE and it makes me think, um, do you think that WWE could do more with two Oh five live? And would you want to see another cruiserweight classic? Even if they don't do more with two Oh five live, I'd want to see another cruiserweight yeah. classic. Yeah. There are so many people that they, you know, they said it about the women's uh, tournament. Yep. That there's so many people they missed the first time around. I felt that way about the Cruiserweight Classic. There are so many people they missed the first time around. Whether that's because they were with a certain promotion or they weren't able to or time constraints or whatever. You know, there are guys that I wish I had seen face more North American guys. Like, I wish Taiji Ishimori was in that. Yeah. Taiji Ishimori is someone that I, I love to watch. I wish he was in that. I wish they took, especially now, seeing some of the guys who are cruiserweights on the American Indies that they could take. Yeah. Uh, in, from Canada, from America, uh, some of the guys that I've even seen uh, wrestle down in Mexico when I'm watching when I'm watching clips here and there. Like, absurd talent. And they should definitely do another cruiserweight classic. Now, in regards to 205 Live, I love 205 Live. I loved um, the fact that they were able to tell these long-running storylines without having a promo every week. Right. Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali having a rivalry without having to have a promo every week. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad they're both doing things now. I'm glad they, they're both they're, they're both in prominent roles. But I was still super happy with what they were doing on 205 Live. Buddy Murphy, incredibly yeah. happy with what yeah. he was doing on 205 Live. I loved seeing that stuff. And I, I am also... I think it has a niche because there are people who are fans of fast-paced wrestling. Like, why do you... The Young Bucks have so many fans. Right. Fast-paced wrestling does sell tickets. It sells merch. Yeah. People do people like it. it. You want to get into the whole suspension of disbelief thing, go right ahead. I understand it's important, but there are niches for everything. Yeah. So I think that they should do more with it uh, if they... If they have the ability to, yeah, which, hope, in my opinion, they do. I hope they do. I really do. Uh, and I definitely want to see another Cruiserweight Classic. And I would love to see you in that Cruiserweight Classic. Um, that would be a dream come true. It sure would. And we just got to get out of this. If I, could, if I could have a match that was 
one one hundredth of as good as Cedric Alexander versus Kota Ibushi. Mm. I'd be over the that that is my that is my favorite match um from after I started wrestling of all time. Like like, like sorry, like in that in that time frame. So yeah. twenty what is it, twenty thirteen when I first started training, twenty thirteen to now, yeah. that is my favorite match from that time period. You're making me want to go back and watch that cruiserweight classic. You should. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> if if anything, just watch that match. That one match is a masterpiece. Um, well, Sway, uh, Vanessa, you got anything left for him? No, I'm just I'm I'm waiting for my t-shirt, sir. <laughs> I will try my best to get that to you. I still have to I have to fight with uh, with America and America. USPS. Oh, so I feel, we'll I, I feel sorry for you. Tell me about it. Vanessa, did you get your uh, Christmas care package I sent you? I, I received nothing. Okay. Our, well, our, <laughs> post, office, our post office runs slower than a snail. And I Sway can... Um, nothing. And Sway, he can vouch on this. Like, our post office is slower than a snail. I, are you sure, I was going to say, if you're tracking that, Blame the Americans because they are much worse off than we are in regards to the post office right oh, now. I usually blame the Americans. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an easy scapegoat. It is. Well, Sway, what I like to do at the end of every show is I'm going to give you the mic now, although you've done a phenomenal job doing it yourself. I'm going to give you the mic. You can put yourself over anything you want, plug anything you want. You can bury the postal system. I don't care. I will not interrupt. I don't think I'm going to bury anything. Um, there was one point on uh, a show that I will not name where I was given the opportunity to bury a superstar. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to make enemies of specific people. Um, Americans in general. No, I won't. Get into that. Um, so if you're looking for my content, Twitter and Instagram at sway Archer, Twitter is the primary platform I use because well I'm not I'm not wrestling right now because Canada we're not allowed yeah. so I'm not I'm not wrestling so I don't really post much on Instagram right now I still do but less so Twitter at Sway Archer is the main place to find me you can find a link to my pro wrestling tea store there prowrestlingtees.com backslash Sway Archer and I post uh, older matches every now and again as they as they get released just so that you have uh, you have an idea of who I am and how I work. And it will also give you great insight to my stunning personality. So awesome. That would be my main two forms of social media. You can catch me at. Excellent. Uh, and I got all those plugged in the chat sway. You've been a pleasure to have on and I can't wait to get you back on and uh, just talk more stuff. You're great. You're a great person. I'd love to great attitude. Thank you very much. Uh, you've been, it, it's been a pleasure. So uh, have yourself a wonderful night and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You as well. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Later. Bye. Bye. Excellent stuff, Vanessa. Uh, let me switch the, the mics. mics here. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Excellent. Awesome. Good stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's way more educated than me. Oh,